0: Y'all ready to be history. Get started. Welcome.
1: Hi. 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 Hello, everyone.
0: To the Pro
1: Audio Suite.
0: These guys are professional. they motivated. With Tech's The VO Stars. George Whittam. Founder of Source Elements. Robert Marshall. International Audio Engineer. Darren Robbo Robertson. And Global Voice. Andrew Peters. Thanks to Tribu. Austrian Audio. Making Passion Heard. Source Elements. George The Tech Whittam. And Robbo and AP's International Demos. To find out more about us, check theproaudiosuite.com. Line right up, And don't forget the code T-R-I-P-A-P-200 to get $200 off your tri-booth. This week we have a guest. He hasn't as many kids as Robbo. (laughs) Not as cute as Robert. Not as smart as George. But he's one of us, and that counts for something. Would you please welcome the marketing guru... Mark Scott. How you doing, Mark? I see what you did there.
2: Yeah. I totally caught what you did there. <laughs> Somebody's been listening to my podcast and, and playing off my opener.
1: <laughs> Who
2: would do exactly. that? Exactly.
1: Really? He's a cheeky monkey. Look <laughs> <isn't he?
3: laughs> <laughs> at you guys doing your research. Yeah. I appreciate it. I know. I know. We, we oh, go out of our way. Pleasure. We do work
0: hard. We do. <laughs> we do indeed. Don't speak for yourself. I am I just show up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was lying before. I'm the same. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the question I have to get the, the ball rolling how did you sort of end up being like the voiceover marketing guru? Uh, because I needed to make money in voiceover and I had to figure out how to do it. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs>
2: that was, I, I'm, I'm one of those voice actors, uh, you know, show of hands who's been uh, ceremoniously dumped from their radio career, right. Uh, you know, and, and, and defaulted into mm-hmm. voiceover mm-hmm. and I wasn't making any money when I first started in voiceover. And I was like, I, I know I can do this. I know there's a way to make money. Uh, casting sites will only take me so far. And so I started figuring out at first by accident and then with with a little bit greater intention how to actually market myself. And uh, I, I remember I read a book that Gary V wrote. Everybody knows Gary V in the marketing space. And, and in that book, Gary V said, you should write a blog. And so I was like, all right, well, if Gary V says I should write a blog, I should write a blog. But I didn't know what to blog about, so I just started blogging about all of the marketing stuff that I was learning while I was on this journey. And I guess the end result of that was people thought that I was a marketing guru. And so I just roll with it.
3: <laughs> Is that how you see yourself? I mean, now I do
2: see myself as a voice actor and a, and a marketing coach for voice actors. And even though that was never the original intention, voiceover was obviously the original intention. The coaching thing was just one of those things where I guess you get to a point where the market kind of dictates it when you start getting a lot of people emailing you saying, can you help me with this? Or, or do you offer coaching? Or, you know, I got invited to speak at a couple of conferences and I was like, man, maybe there's something to this. Maybe I should roll with this. And I think the best part of it is that it helps to keep me sharp. I can't get complacent because I'm helping other people and having to stay on top of what's going on and having to pay attention. And so that that
3: keeps me sharp too. Because marketing yourself is a hell of a job, isn't it? I mean, there's it takes yes. it takes a lot yes, of time. it is. Is that something that you sort of, as part of your coaching, your teaching people is how to best use their time as well to, to fit all this stuff in, to run a... a a database and to, to do prospecting and to send emails and are you sort of helping them with their time on that as well? Well, I mean, the thing that I always joke about is people ask me how many marketing emails should I
2: be sending? And my response is, what you're really asking me is what is the minimum amount of marketing that i can do and still get away with it which yeah. is cuz this is not what voice actors want to do right they they sign up to be in the booth and do the recording but the reality is if you're not in the booth and you're not doing the recording it's probably because you are not doing the marketing so it takes time yes but for me it's like what else am I going to do if I'm not recording? I might as well be spending my day making new connections, getting in front of new people so that I can open the door to do more recording down the road, right? Mm.
1: It's probably better than obsessing on whether you have the best microphone for voiceover. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, I,
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's much better use of your time,
3: <laughs> I can tell you. Yeah, well, because marketing is something that, I mean, you know, I'm basing my assumptions here on the Australian market. But 20 years ago, a voiceover artist marketing themselves was unheard of because you had an agent and they pretty much did all Mm -hmm. that for you. So it's only a sort of recent thing. Do you find that maybe that's part of the issue is that voiceover artists in general have only just recently been thrown into this situation and they're madly trying to figure it out without really anyone to sort of base their marketing strategy on or whatever? Is it, Do you find that maybe it's we're all a bit new to this? It might be an oversimplification, but I think looking out at the
2: macro level, I think there's probably a, three different classes of voice actors. There's there's the, the voice, uh, voiceover veterans who were around in... The glory days of voiceover when it was all agents and in studio and, you know, your agents did everything for you and they brought you in studio. And obviously the industry still exists like that in certain areas, but not in a lot of areas anymore. Then there was a a group of voice actors who kind of came in during uh, what I call the glory days of online casting. And so for them, it meant signing up for a pay to play membership, submitting auditions on pay to play. And maybe they had an agent or two as well. And for voice actors that have come in, uh, we'll say the the COVID era voice actors, um, the glory days of online casting are over. It's not really a sustainable way to build a, a full-time business. Obviously, the agent model has shifted a ton. And so I think those voice actors are more in tune with the fact that marketing is how this gets done. And, and I think that Voice Like I came in the glory days of online casting and I was in denial for a while. But when I started seeing things change on the pay to play, I knew, OK, I got to I got to figure out a better way. And I don't happen to live in a New York or in L.A. or a Chicago where the full agent model may still work for some people. And so. I do think that for a lot of voice actors, they're, they're creatives. They operate from the creative side of their brain. They want to be in the booth doing creative things. And marketing, I think, comes from the other side of the brain. And so it's not, it's not a natural fit. And, and that's why they don't think about it initially. It's why they don't necessarily want to do it. Can't blame them for that either. But it opened up the door for somebody like me to be able to come in and help them with it because I'm actually not a creative. So I operate from the business side of my brain first.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, though, because I winding the clock back, I remember when I, like you, finished my radio career um, and moved to Melbourne 25 years ago. I got into voiceover, got an agent, and I was, you know, sort of started working, but it was, it was a slow thing. And I, I walked into a studio one day, and I remember sitting and waiting to go in. They had no idea who I was. They just had a name on a piece of paper that I was coming in to do a voice. But I watched the way they communicated with the talent that was leaving And it was like, hey, see you, Matt, you know, blah, 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 whatever. It was all like, you know, face to face. They knew each other. and So I thought there's got to be a a way of shortcutting this so I can actually become visible to them as opposed to just being a name on a piece of paper. So I went out and found a photographer and I got a whole bunch of shots taken. And the brief was there were certain colours that I wanted to do, but I wanted to make it look like I was releasing an album on a CD and I was the singer. So I was the the artist on the front cover, which I did. And so I produced all these videos, which in those days was VHS for on-camera stuff. I did a bunch of CDs with this picture on it. And it was an immediate shortcut because I just did every studio, went to every studio, dropped these kits off with, um, you know, my, my demo and all that kind of stuff. And it was amazing when I walked in, they knew who I was because on their desk was my photograph on the CD, and everybody else just had their name and a contact number.
2: That's a, yeah, I was going to say at that point in time, probably nobody else was doing that, so it makes it so much easier for you to stand out, right?
0: That's that's how you get noticed. Yeah, and it worked. It was like it was an immediate shortcut. I, I probably saved about six months of you know traipsing around the studios. Yeah, for sure.
3: Is there an online equivalent of that today? Do you reckon, Mark, or is it is it just a slow slog? I mean, social media is the, I I wouldn't call it a shortcut. Uh,
2: Can you get lucky on social media if you find the right audience or hit the right niche or do the right thing? Of course, I've seen many voice actors who have gone viral on TikTok or on YouTube or on Instagram, and that has led to, to opportunities. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily the norm for it to happen quickly, but I do think that if you use some of those tools consistently over time, you start to build a following, you start to get recognition, and people start to, to notice who you are and, and pay a little bit more attention.
1: Yeah, I can tell you from someone who started his business at the beginning of social media, it's been a very, very long slog because you do just spend yeah. time building up brand a brand and a name recognition and establishing yourself as an authority on the subject of something. So yeah, it's yeah, it's a way to do it. It's definitely not the fastest, <laughs> I would say.
2: Yeah. I would say now I don't know that I would release the VHS, but I would say that there's a full circle coming around. Like I've had some success doing things like postcards because Everybody else is doing email and inbox and social media and nobody's sending anything through the mail anymore. And so that's one of the ways that you stand out. So walking into a studio today and, and dropping off a package, nobody's doing that again now because everybody's doing email and social media. So there might be a, a full circle opportunity to kind of jump the line a little bit in that regard.
3: Will that be the next episode of your podcast, Mark? Yeah, maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring you guys on the show and we'll talk. We'll talk through that one.
0: As far as countries are concerned, do you find the attitude towards marketing changes depending on which country you're marketing yourself into?
2: I don't know if the attitude changes as much. I think maybe the platforms change a little bit. Like, uh, for example, I've got some clients in South America who don't do email at all. Everything happens on WhatsApp. And so if you're emailing them and they're not responding to you, that's why, because they don't actually operate on their inbox. They operate... Out of WhatsApp, and so that that's a little bit different. I think um, the whole North American twenty four seven hustle culture. I don't think that necessarily plays the way, same way in certain European markets where they actually take time off and leave the office and, you know, end their workday. And so, <laughs> yes. you know, if you're dropping marketing emails in their inbox at eight or nine o'clock at night or whatever, I don't know that that necessarily lands. But so I think there's little things, little nuances, maybe from from country to country, region to region. But at the end of the day, we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. We We want people to hear our voice. And if our demos are great, then hopefully that does the selling for us.
3: Yeah. Well, talking about email, I've heard you mention a couple of times that um, that no, hearing no is actually a good thing. Do you want to explain that to yeah. people who maybe haven't heard you talk about this before?
2: I think that when we're sending out our marketing emails, we obviously we want everybody to say yes and we, we want everybody to hire us and we want every email that we send to be a, a potential opportunity. And so when we get that rejection, Uh, our natural instinct is to take it as, oh, you know, I must not be any good or maybe my demos aren't good enough or maybe my studio stinks, I need to call George, whatever, right? We start to go into all of this negative spiral of everything that's wrong with us when the reality is maybe they don't use voice actors or maybe they've already got a full roster or maybe there's just nothing that fits your voice or whatever, right? There's a thousand reasons why they don't need you. Only one of those reasons is they didn't like you. But by them just telling you no straight up, now you know. So you don't have to put any more effort into building a relationship with that person going forward. And so much of marketing is building relationships. I would rather devote my time, my effort, my energy to building relationships with people who are potentially going to hire me than spending it on somebody who was never going to hire me in the first place. So the sooner they tell me, no, I'm not interested, the better it is for me in that regard, because I can devote more time to better prospects.
1: Yeah kind of the same thing as like unsubscribes like whenever whenever i send out an email campaign you know there's a certain percentage of them subscribes maybe a half a percent but i would you know i used to be like oh oh man people don't want to hear it and it's like no that's good yeah. now you've weeded it yep. down now the ones that are left are the ones that really do want to hear from you and that lets you know people that's actually so true. when from i you because they're telling you they don't want to hear from you it's not a bad thing
2: When I started building my email list, I took it so personal. Like I wanted to call up every person who unsubscribed and be like, did I say something wrong? I'm so sorry. (laughs) Right. Like you you don't want that rejection. Right. But now you the unsubscribe is a gift in that sense, because now, you know, that somebody who was never going to work with you anyway. So focus your attentions somewhere
3: else. I want to take a bit of an off-ramp here and, and head in a different direction just for a second because you and you and I uh, have, have one thing in common that I know of and we're a bit of a fan of uh, a book called Atomic habits, habits from a gentleman who I've been lucky enough to interview uh, for an hour or so, a guy called James Clear. Um, and yes. His book talks about how micro habits can actually change our lives, just the little things that we mm-hmm. do every day c- that become a habit can actually change our business, our family life, our anything that you want to change really. And I was wondering if you, in your time of reading James's book and, and sort of thinking about the things that he's spoken about, if you might have like three habits or so that a voiceover artist should get into in terms of their marketing, if, if they want to become more successful. One of the things that I talk about all the time with
2: email marketing is... Send 10 emails a day, which is not a big number. When you break it down, 10 emails a day, that's not a big number. That's something that realistically you could probably do in about an hour. And, and it it doesn't seem like a lot ultimately. But if you do that five days a week, you just sent 50 emails. And if you do that consistently for a year, that's 2,500 emails. And if you get a, a, a 10 or 15% response rate, that's you know, 250, 275% prospects that are now in your database after a year of just sending 10 emails a day, like just focusing on one simple, small task that's, you know, an hour out of your day at most, but can create an exponential growth opportunity for you if you do it consistently for a year. And so I think the same applies to social media, though, too, right? Like if you post once a week or or twice a week, but you just do it consistently, you get into that habit of doing it consistently, not sharing an update when you've got an update and then falling off for 30 days and then coming back and now you got to start all over again with the algorithm and you've got to retrain the algorithm, right? I I think some of those simple little things that you can break down into daily tasks that you can accomplish in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you know, an hour to send those emails or whatever, it it does make a big difference. And and it's important, like I work with voice actors. There's a group of voice actors that I coach for an entire year. Every year I, I build out a mastermind group. And in December, we meet, I meet with each one of them one-on-one, and we set the big goals for the entire year. Like, when I get to the end of the next year, this is the, these are the things that I want to accomplish. And then the next step from that is breaking it down into, okay, what does that look like over f- individual quarters? What does that look like over a month-to-month basis? And then what does that look like on a day-to-day basis? So that you don't just focus on the great big overarching goal for the entire year but you're breaking that down into more bite-sized pieces right it's the whole idea of eating the elephant one bite at a time and i think that's the the concept basically of of the micro habits and that's why i love that book i think everybody should read that book Mm, it's a ripper isn't it it really is
3: what do you think's the biggest enemy of doing that. I mean, he's like, he's so easy to, for me, it's so easy if I'm getting on to do my socials, it's so easily to get distracted and go, oh, look what, you know, my mate Sean posted last week and look at this, look at that. Do, do you reckon distraction is an enemy of our marketing? 100%. Um, there was a, there
2: was a study that came out and I, I know I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but It was something like every for every time that we allow ourselves to get taken off focus, it takes like 26 minutes to get back on track or Mm -hmm. something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I say with social media and I teach this to voice actors like, okay, you got to use link. You're going to use LinkedIn because you think that that's a really good platform for you based on the type of work that you want to get. One of the things that you got to do on LinkedIn, if you really want to gain traction, is you've got to be consistent. Okay, what does that look like? And I say set a 10 minute block in your calendar every morning and use an alarm. And when that alarm goes off after 10 minutes, get off because social media is designed for the endless scroll, right? Like they've literally engineered these sites to keep us there as long as humanly possible. And so you have to be intentional about getting off and moving on to the next task. Otherwise it is two hours later and you're still flipping through reels on Instagram or or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so you do have to, I think you've got to be very careful about stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I had to come up with a hack for me. Like I, I am one of those keep many tabs open in Chrome people. So I like (laughs) all the things I use to run my business, all the different software and Mm -hmm. websites, everything is like tabs, right? So what I do now is I, I check Facebook and then I close the tab. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's yep. just that one little thing keeps it from looking at me and taunting me to click on it because it's just not there. And that's my, my little hack.
3: James Clee would be proud of you, mate. That's an atomic habit. So often during the day, my
2: phone is not in my office because it's too easy, right? It, it's too easy. I... Apple lets you set up uh, the custom focuses in the operating system. And so I can set a custom focus that like the only people that can text me or get a call through to me during certain times of the day when I'm in that focus is like my wife and my kids. Right. Everybody else can wait at that point because I don't want, you know, one one ping on your phone. One notification is never just let me just check that one text or let me just answer that Mm. one email. It's always, you know, (laughs) 25 minutes later and check the weather and check the stock market and went on Twitter and had to look at Instagram or whatever. Right. And so it's, it's too easy to, it's too easy to lose the time.
3: Is that a thing for you? Is that sort of, if you're, if you've got that set up on your phone, does that mean that there's a time of the day, I guess, given outside of voiceover sessions and stuff, but is there a particular time of the day that you do... This sort of work when it is available in my schedule, because my my days are
2: very unpredictable, but I try to leave certain parts like you can't schedule a session with me uh, before 11 a.m. So the first couple hours of the morning, that's time when I can really just focus on my business and you can't schedule a session with me after four o'clock in the afternoon. And so there might be an hour or two after four o'clock where I'm I'm focused and that's where I'm going to do my things. But then if I have spare time in a day where somebody hasn't booked me for whatever reason, phone goes into the focus and, uh, you know, it lets me settle in to do whatever the task is that I need to do. 30 minutes of deep focused work is so much more productive than, you know, two hours of periodic distracted, you know, work in
3: between checking socials and text messages. Yeah. And getting yourself into a flap. Mm, True. Yeah. Yep. Yep so let's 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 get a little bit micro on this let's take I don't know let's take Andrew as an example. Andrew's got an agent here <laughs> in Australia he's got an agent in the states he does work uh, that he drums up himself out of Singapore and Dubai what what should a media strategy for someone like Andrew and let you know I'm not asking you to give him a freebie here but what in general <laughs> terms what sort of things should Andrew be thinking about-hmm <laughs> if he if he's going to go out there now and market himself and pick up some more drum up some more work what kind of work is andrew looking for
0: that's a very good question uh probably
3: particular a, genre um
0: i'm just kind of thinking the things that i probably do mainly which is um promo work tv promos radio imaging um then i do a like quite a lot of more com- well, mainly commercials long form stuff so i i do like okay. everything really but i i guess the main thing is um what I'm booked for is the imaging or promo and uh, and also the soft sell, you know, sort of luxury product kind of voice. So
2: one of the things that I think you could be doing is looking at, I think with, the, uh, I mean, you got a great voice. You got that. You sound like a TV promo documentary. God, don't stroke
3: his ego anymore,
0: please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Someone's got to. <laughs> you,
3: you, I, I don't, you
2: have the kind of voice that people will sit and listen to on TikTok you you do and and i think that you could do i think there's one of two things that you could do i think that you could either just do it straight and you know record yourself reading promos imaging stuff like that make some videos in the studio of you doing that is just a way to demonstrate but also give people the opportunity to hear your voice Or I think there's an opportunity to go in a a completely different direction. The person I'm thinking of in particular is uh, Christopher Tester. Uh, He's a voice actor out of the UK who is a classically trained British RP theater actor. And he goes on TikTok Mm. and reads monologues from, you know, plays and uh, historic books, um, different things like that. Right. And. He's created this whole niche with videos that constantly are going viral, but then people are also constantly writing him and saying, hey, do this one next or do this one next, which keeps the audience coming back, keeps them watching, keeps the videos going viral. But it was a demonstration of his acting ability. And so... People end up booking him for voiceover work specifically because of that, because they're seeing his acting abilities. So I think if you could come up with a fun way to do some social media content that highlights your voice, but demonstrates your skill, uh, I think that's one of the things that could be done in a relatively short amount of time every day, you know, dedicate 30 minutes to it making videos for social media doesn't need to be a complex task anymore. If you've got an iPhone or whatever, you've already got a you know superior camera and you've got a studio, so you've got great audio. So, so that's really easy. And I think that would be one thing that I would be looking at. And then the other thing is I would set a target for myself of, you know, I'm going to connect with whatever it is, five uh, radio station program directors every day. And maybe that's going to be through LinkedIn or maybe that's going to be through email, but it's just getting yourself in front of a few new people every day and and that number is going to change right for a successful working six-figure talent who doesn't have a lot of time right they can contact 20 25 people a week and just keep some new fresh people in the pipeline for the voice actor who doesn't have a whole lot of work right now and is still trying to build their business you know you're going to contact 10 or 20 people a day and and work at filling up and creating that pipeline but those are two things that i think that you could
3: uh, that you could do to open up some opportunities for yourself. And that one's
2: okay. It's okay. It's on the house.
3: There you go. And I'll be expecting to see the first video tomorrow, Andrew. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) I wonder what I'll do on TikTok. I dread to think.
2: (laughs) We're going to pre it with the podcast episode.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, so you know, what's interesting in, in hearing you talk about that, Mark, is is. Is that how niched our marketing needs to get? Then do we do if if we if we're aiming for a TikTok audience? Do we really need to niche it down to okay? I'm going to do it about acting, or I'm going to do it, or or is there any scope anymore for just that? I'm a voiceover actor, and I can pretty much do everything. Or do we need to niche all our marketing down? I think that it's possible to do a niche that has absolutely nothing to do with
2: voiceover whatsoever. If it is a niche that you have a skill in or a passion in and you can connect with an audience Mm. in the best example of that is Stefan Johnson. So he's a American voice actor who does food reviews on TikTok and they're hilarious, irreverent, fun. And the guy's got, I don't even know at this point, he's probably got 10 or 11 million followers on on TikTok. You know, every video he does, I think, goes viral. That pretty much is the way it works now. Mm. He is not talking about voiceover. He's just talking about food and snacks and fast food and doing his reviews, who's got the best burger, who's got the best pizza, whatever. But because he reaches such a broad, broad audience, so many people are watching his videos. It's inevitable that somewhere in that audience of millions of people are people who make buying decisions about voiceover for whatever, from the local video production company to the executive producer at a cable network or whatever. And so that has opened up a door for him for tons of voiceover opportunity. And so I think sometimes we limit ourselves by getting too focused on the voiceover box and thinking we have to be in the voiceover box. Mm. And so is there something... That you can talk about, that you are passionate about, that that you, that you love, that you have a skill for, that you have an education for, whatever. Is there a way that you could create content around that that highlights your voice still or highlights your narration skill or your acting skill or whatever? It doesn't specifically have to do with voiceover, but I think the two tie themselves together eventually.
3: Now, people out there are going to go... Uh, it's all right for you, Mark. You know, you, you've you been doing this for a while now. You know, you've got it down pat. I'm, I'm just a lowly little voiceover artist sitting in my home studio. I have no idea where to start. Would your advice be just bite the bullet and start? Yeah,
2: because your first video is not going to be your best video. The first email that you send is not going to be the best email that you send. The The first social media post that you create is not going to be the best, but you've got to get the first one out of the way to get to the next one, mm-hmm. which is going to be a little better. And the one after that, it's going to be a little better. Honestly, if I go back to, let's say 2008, 9, 10, somewhere in there, when I first started doing a little bit of email marketing, it is Honestly, an act of God that I ever booked a voiceover at all, because I can go back and look at some of those early emails and be like, what the heck? I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I was just <laughs> exactly doing it. And then learning as I went, getting incrementally better. And that's what opens up the door to, you know, more opportunity down the road. And so, yeah, I think it's really easy to get perfection paralysis, right? I've got to have Everything lined up before I gotta have the perfect camera, the perfect audio, the perfect studio, the perfect backdrop before I can make my first video. Or I've gotta have the exact formula worked out for the ultimate marketing email before I can ever send the first marketing email. And we let that become a crutch or an excuse that keeps us from just doing the thing. When the reality is, it's just like voiceover. My guess is, and you guys could probably attest to this your first time in the booth and your hundredth time in the booth, I'm hoping on the hundredth time you were better. You get in your reps and you get better over time.
3: Yeah. So, George, I, I know you're deep in marketing George the Tech at the moment. Is there, is
1: there anything you reckon you, Mark could? I'm uh, writing virtual postcards on a
0: website right now.
3: <laughs> I, so you're deeply engrossed in this interview then, George, I can
0: say. Yeah. But I'm, I'm thinking uh, that that postcard idea is an absolute cracker.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just received a postcard from a uh, consultant who's doing some financial consulting for me, like a financial planner type person. And you know, I was like, oh, I haven't gotten a I haven't gotten a handwritten thank you card in the mail in a really long time. And in this case, it it looks legitimately like she legitimately handwrote this card and sent it to me. Yep. And I thought, man, yep. if she's got time to do that, I mean. We have time to do that now. I, my handwriting sucks. It just does, and I could pay my <laughs> I could pay my assistant to write these cards, which I might consider doing. And there's also these websites where you can do quote unquote handwritten postcards huh. and send them out. Um, you know, and they mail them for you, and they print them, and uh, they do the, they do all that stuff. So it's something I'm considering trying. Um, and then in those and in those postcards having a little coupon code for a please come back um mm-hmm. you know and and using but i i have been in absolute hardcore full court press marketing mode for the last 3 months for George the tech like just you know you say when you're not working you need to be marketing and you know sales yep. really really slumped in the summer this year for us and i yep. was like okay i can either get really frustrated and figure out ways to just start cutting costs and slowing things down or really just go for it hardcore with, in my case, the thing I've been really ramping up is affiliate marketing. And, um, yeah. you know, yep. that's been Smart. where I've been focusing my energy and, you know, it's, I've got some great advisors around me. I talk to my own marketing and strategist person every, almost every single week and, I need that accountability. Someone to follow up with me. Someone to tell me, "Hey, we had that meeting, and and I told you to do all this stuff. So go do it." Um, You know, because it's an insane undertaking to run this business, keep everything functional, still keep my clients happy and on time, and keep all the marketing and the biz dev all going. And that's what I've been doing the last few months. It's just, it. It actually, I started to realize I'd actually. I'm actually kind of enjoying doing more biz dev. And the the shift of my time, of my day, is it's legitimately shifted. I, I don't do as much billable time as I used to, but we have other people doing more billable time, and that's awesome.
2: It brings up a whole other point, though, that I think is important to consider, and that is there comes a point when you've been doing your marketing and it has paid off and business is going really well and you're busy and you're... You're in the booth consistently, or you're doing studio builds consistently, or whatever it is that your thing is that you're doing consistently. And what's the very first thing that often gets cut from the schedule? Um, it's the marketing.
3: Yeah,
1: the marketing, yeah. And yep.
2: then complacency sets in, right? Complacency sets in because you've built a successful business. Oh, I've got a successful business. I've got, you know, everything's, everything's running, firing on all cylinders. But one thing that this industry will teach you over and over again is that clients don't last forever. Mm-hmm. And so... Mm. If you are not constantly bringing new people into the mix, then you don't have anyone to replace those clients that ultimately fall away. And so complacency is one of the most dangerous things for any voice actor or business owner, for that matter, who's built a successful business. Because it's really easy to work to get there. And then when you get there to... Relax and enjoy it. And that doesn't mean that you you can't relax and enjoy it. Obviously, I don't market the same way now that I did when I was building a full-time business, but it's important that I never just stop, that there's always something new coming into the pipeline. Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Well, the thing that always happens at the end of the year is everybody wants to get out their holiday cards and all that stuff, right? And holiday gifts, Mm-hmm. And the, the problem yeah. with the holidays is it's too damn busy to do all that stuff, right? Just like by the time you're thinking about yeah. it's time to be doing my holiday stuff, now work is like firing all cylinders. You're really, really, you know, cooking. And that seems to happen almost every year for me. And how do you decide, and, you know, again, not expecting an extremely specific answer, but how do you decide about gifting? Because I know some, some folks and actors and, and myself included – Some of your clients spent more with you than others this year or over the last five years. So how do you, is it a very simple mathematics? You just look and say, okay, someone spent more than X. I'm going to give them X. Is that kind of how you look at it?
2: Honestly, it's something that I don't do a ton of. And one of the reasons why is because there are so many potential pitfalls. And I mean, I guess it depends on where you're working. Mm. I do a lot of work for corporate, right? It's a lot of corporate and e-learning and stuff. So it's a lot of corporations. There's a lot of rules around gifting and and you can mm. actually get yourself into trouble doing that. And so... I it's not something that I do a lot of, but I do always make sure I make a point of sending thank you cards or you know let letting them know that I appreciate them and and all of that sort of stuff and and so I, I do think that there's something to be said for that. I was going to mention too, you you got me thinking because you you mentioned about the holidays and it's such a busy time and everybody's doing marketing over Christmas and New Year's or you know Cyber Monday, Black Friday, blah blah blah. Uh, one of the most successful sales that I ever ran for my coaching was on Groundhog's Day. I ran a Groundhog's Day sale because who the heck <laughs> runs a Groundhog's Day sale? And so when every other voiceover organization is running a, you know, July 4th sale or a Labor Day sale or a All Black hits. Friday sale or whatever, I was like, I'm going to I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a Groundhog Day sale and see how that goes. And I had no competition on that day. And so. That's a little bit outside of the box when you're thinking about so can you look, there's a national day for everything, George and and Uncle Roy post them every day on his his Facebook. I think there's a national day for everything. You need to find a national day for something that is related to audio, sound, studio, microphone, whatever, and let that be your big marketing push day. When nobody else is thinking about it or nobody else is doing it, own that day Mm -hmm. instead of trying to compete with all the
3: noise on a
2: Black Mm -hmm. Friday or a Cyber Monday or whatever.
3: Don't don't talk (laughs) about Uncle Roy around AP. He's got huge marketing (laughs) issues with Uncle Roy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, But yeah, I mean, that 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 whole top of mind that Uncle Roy thing, that whole top of mind thing that Uncle Roy does with that finding literally a reason to every single day post something is it's a smart idea it's top of mind
2: and now he's associated with it right yeah he's that guy so you got to find your thing that you get associated with by default find that holiday find that thing and like make that the george the tech
3: day the george the the tech event so we're sort of making our own black friday is that the deal
2: Yeah. I think that there's something to be said for that. And it doesn't mean you ignore all of those other opportunities, but doing it on a, doing something special on a day that has some sort of relevance or significance, but nobody else is doing it. It it is one of the ways that you can potentially
3: stand out. So just quickly, just to to sort of wind this up, creativity is a big part of what we do in our work. um, Obviously being voiceover artists and audio engineers and and George doing what he does. Is there, and and that obviously needs to be reflected in our marketing, is there any rituals or any sort of thing you do around creativity to sort of spark ideas in terms of what you might post on social media or what you might say in an email, or do you just open up a blank email and hope the words come out? yeah I spend ungodly amounts of time staring at a blank iPad pro with an apple pencil in my hand,
2: <laughs> waiting for the idea to hit so yeah. that I can write it down, yeah uh, because it doesn't come believe it or not that that creative side doesn't always come naturally to me. but one of the things that I have gotten so much better at over the years, and you know George, this could specifically apply to what you're doing, I am paying so much more attention to what my audience is talking about. So I have a Facebook group with 6,000 plus voice actors in it and the questions that they're asking in that group, the things that they're complaining about, the pain points that they're very obviously struggling with. Every single one of those becomes a seed for a video, a podcast topic, a social media post, a course that I might eventually create. And so I've gotten to a point now, and this is one of the perks of building that kind of network and that kind of following is that they don't realize it maybe necessarily, but they are feeding me my content ideas. And George, I know you could do the same thing. All you have to do is spend five minutes in a Facebook group and see there's, you know, a dozen people a day complaining about tech this, tech that, you know, this problem, that problem, whatever. Every one of those is a potential piece of content that you could create, whether it's a video, an audio piece of content, a, 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 a Facebook post, a blog, an article, whatever, Um it's it's all content that that is right there being handed to you, specifically addressing the things that your audience is struggling with. And so that's one of the things that I do is just I survey my uh, I survey my network a lot. And, you know, what are you struggling with? Or, you know, if if you could have one podcast interview that you would absolutely love to hear that would change your business, who would the guest be or what would the topic be? And I throw out surveys like that, and and that helps me to come up with with ideas. Uh, and then when all else fails, I uh, I go sit in the backyard by the fire and enjoy the peace and quiet, and hope that if I can clear my head enough and quiet myself enough, a brilliant idea
3: will strike. They do eventually, though, don't they? That's the thing. It's like it's it's usually though, and it's true. I know I know there's some science behind this, but it actually is those moments when your brain's not actively thinking about you know the next email or the next social post that the ideas yes. that actually come. Long walks. Always
1: have a way to write things down or do a voice memo in the shower. In fact, I have an Amazon Echo dot.
3: <laughs> Got to, there's no camera in that there. That
1: hangs on the wall right over the doorway. And if I'm like in the shower, I can say, hey, Yojimbo, remind me to do this while I'm in the middle of the shower. Because
2: <laughs> so I don't want to miss though. that it's moment. so true.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, that's right. Well, um, I think it was, AP will probably correct me on this, but I think it was... It was either Start Me Up or Brown Sugar that Keith Richards wrote literally in his sleep. Keith Richards sleeps with a cassette deck next to his bed and in the middle of the night if he has an idea he wakes up and he sings it into his tape recorder. But Mm -hmm. whichever song it was, it was one of their massive hits anyway, he woke up the next morning. And he didn't remember waking up during the night, but he looked at this cassette deck and the cassette had been obviously played. It was, you know, halfway through the cassette. Yep. And he played it back and it was Start Me Up, Brown Sugar, whichever one it was. It, it, it was there. And yep. so he, he literally wrote it in his sleep.
0: Yeah, I, I do remember the story. I think it was a reel-to-reel and, and it, it was the tape running out woke him up. Was it? it was something it, like that. And yeah. off. Yeah. And uh, he's sort of like, what, what the hell was that running for? I don't remember starting, Yeah.
3: You know, and then it played called. it back and there was the song. Crazy. Yeah. Just crazy. Our brain's an amazing thing. It's one of the reasons why I have such so many issues
2: with sleep because honestly, that is one of the few times in the day where my brain is completely quiet when I'm in bed at night. And so I am a lot of my best ideas hit about three or three 30 in the morning. And and I I can't be upset about it because they're my best ideas. But at the same time, it's like, I wish this would come during the day.
3: (laughs) Well, I've had a similar thing because AP and I have just started doing demos together and, and writing scripts for those falls to me. Uh, And and yeah, I'm sort of finding that you know, I'll sort of jump into bed and I'll start dozing off to sleep. And then I'm awake and dashing out of the room with my iPhone and, and dictating a script idea that's just come into my head into the phone. So yeah, it's, um, I think we're all yep. the same. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Well, mate, this has been a whole lot of fun. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, for sure. It's been fun. Thank you. If um, if people want to find out more about you, and you've you got some um, amazing courses and, and bits and pieces up for offer, and, and obviously the podcast as well, what's the best place for people to go to find out more about uh, the Mark Scott experience, shall we call it? That's Funnily enough, that was actually the name of an old radio show. Um, <laughs> now it is uh, theopreneur.com.
2: <laughs> There you that, go. that old Mark Scott Experience Facebook page might still exist somewhere. I'm not sure if that ever came offline, <laughs> oh. but yeah, the website is veopreneur.com. As soon as
3: we're done here, I'm going to Google that. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh Shit! I was going to say something and now it's gone out of my head.
0: Uh, oh, it'll come to you at three in the morning.
3: Yeah, it'll come to me in the morning. I'll give you a call. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs>
0: All best, right. Best
3: of luck with the best of luck with the Red Sox. I hope they get better for you, mate. Well, I mean, there's nowhere to go when you're at the bottom, but up, right? So <laughs>
0: this is true. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite, with thanks to Trimble and Austrian Audio. Recorded using Source Connect, edited by Andrew Peters and mixed by Robo. Got your own audio issues? Just ask Robo.com. Tech support from George the Tech Whiz. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website, theproaudiosuite.com.